joining this is seeking sustainability live i'm jj walsh and today i'm talking with vegan baker extraordinaire rosie galvan thank you so much for joining rosie hi thank you for having me <laughs> and we will be right back so stay tuned hi thanks for joining today i hope you enjoy this episode if you want to learn more about the work that I do, check out inboundambassador.com and you can also find me on buymeacoffee.com slash jjwalsh to get some bonus information and insights from the series. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. This is Seeking Sustainability Live number 196. Woo! <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. This is so exciting. And next week we have the 200th. I, it looks like it's going to be on the 4th. So I'm going to do a 200 minute challenge and try to summarize all the fun things in the series so far. So yeah, about a year and 200 episodes. Amazing. That's so amazing. I'm so glad you could get in in the top 200. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so fun. I am such a fan. I've never tasted your amazing baked goods, but I have a hope that I will be able to someday. Um, but all the pictures just look amazing. Really excited to talk to you about your process and how you got started and everything. Thank you. Yeah, thanks uh, so much. Hopefully soon I'll be able to like do mail orders. A that would, more so that would be great so at the moment you're in the osaka area people can order yeah. through instagram and then pick up with you is that right yes yeah i'm looking for a more stable location where people can actually come anytime but that's in the works <laughs> All right. can you give us a little bit uh of your background like how you came to japan how you got started with baking yeah, so I'm from San Diego, California, went to school in Irvine and actually uh, majored as an, um, what do you say? I was going to be a Japanese major, but that didn't go so well. So <laughs> I changed to East Asian cultures and studied no kabuki bundaku. And I knew I wanted to come to Japan. So um, somebody came to our class and was talking about the JET program. And I signed up, was surprised when I got it, and then I ended up moving to Nara. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were talking a bit before, because I, of course, started on the JET program as well. I was in Oita, and you were in Nara. And yeah. being outside of the big cities is actually a really great introduction to Japanese culture and Japanese language. Did you find that as well? Yes. So I did, I was like, maybe an hour and a half away from Nara City. Um, and it was actually easier for me to get to Osaka than Nara City. So in the middle of nowhere, uh, everybody is old and cute and nice, and they want to feed you and talk to you. So I, I loved it. <laughs> That's so nice. And I, yeah. I read the excellent uh, interview that AJET magazine did hmm. with you. Um, and you were talking a little bit about your your journey coming as a vegan, and yeah. then things were difficult. So then you yeah. kind of changed pescatarian, vegetarian, and then you went back to vegan. Is that right? Yeah, 
Yeah, so in America, it's so easy to be vegan. And I was in Irvine where, you know, around every corner there was a vegan restaurant or, like, you know, all the restaurants had a vegan option. So it was so easy. And then when I came to Japan, I wasn't sure about all the kanji or, you know, I didn't want to offend anyone, which was the big thing. The first night I came to Nara, my vice principal, he bought me, you know, this really expensive meal and most of it was sashimi. And there I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And um, I had a bite and I was so upset afterwards, but then kind of worked through it and wanted to really experience some of the culture there. But it wasn't making me happy, so I had to go back. And I had a lot of friends who were vegan here and kind of like helped me get back into it. So that was wonderful. That's good. I think in the article as well, you were talking about how useful it was to have friends who were vegan and they could show you what you needed to buy, where you could eat. Mm -hmm. I think um, even now, because you you came to Japan a lot more recently than I did, um, but even now there are some websites that'll list uh, vegan places, but even Mm -hmm. now in Japan, it's still hard as a vegan, don't you find? Yeah, um, I mean, it's getting a little bit easier, especially if you live in the city. Um, but you know, friends who find things and then they post them on Instagram or, you know, they'll create a website if you're in the Kombini and need to find something. I didn't have that before. So you would literally have to be in the store, like reading everything just to make sure. So it's getting a little bit easier. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course your impetus, why you wanted to start your baking business was, because you just couldn't find really high quality vegan baked goods like you yeah. know that you can make. Is that right? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I was in my house. I had a lot of time and nobody would really come visit me because I would live so far away. I was like, oh, man, I really want a cake. I really want a cake today or I want a cookie or I want a cinnamon roll. But you can't find it easily. Even if like non-vegan options, you couldn't find it. So I would would bake back in university, and I was like, why don't I just try it here? Let me see if I can find something that matches. And then, bam, <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> That's great. So, how long have you been baking? Like, when when did your love of baking start? I don't know, actually. I think I've been baking since I was young, but it wasn't like from scratch. You remember the cake boxes or the cake mixes where you just add oil and eggs? So um, my sister would buy them for me. And she's like, Rosie, I want cake. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let me do it. (laughs) So from that, it just brought back a lot of good memories. You know, my grandmother, she would make tortillas. Um, flour tortillas at home and I would just sit there watching her and wanting to try to do it but not being able to do it the same way so I think I've always like really enjoyed cooking and baking so but vegan baking is a whole different ball game (laughs) but you are also incorporating some of your favorite recipes from your childhood like I, I have a picture from your Instagram where you made churros 
-hmm. and uh, you made pop tarts and you made loads of like comfort food from your childhood, but you're making it vegan. Like how did you figure out all of these recipes, how to hack the recipe Mm -hmm. to make it vegan? Was it hard? Uh, Not really. The wonders of the internet. So a lot of the times I'll like Google, um, you can find any recipe, right? And then whatever, that's the thing though. A lot of the recipes are complicated. And I'm like, why? You don't need to complicate things. So you take what you need and then you just mix it together. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've had a lot of the ones that don't work. I just don't take pictures of them. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite uh, YouTuber or a favorite website that you refer to when you're looking for (laughs) vegan hacks? Not really. Um... I don't know. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I could have done it on my own. It's always been people who are like, have been very encouraging. And they're like, you should join us. Come on. And they kind of push me to do it or they invite me to do these things. And it's really opened a lot of doors. Um, like recently, I did a photo shoot with a vintage shop. And I never would have imagined, you know, my food ge- being photographed or used for that. Um, but it was like a great opportunity. And now I'm thinking, oh, what if I make food to be, you know, photographed? It's a different thing than just making a regular cake you really have to think about all the details so I think you could be a food stylist I I talked with Hannah Kirshner the other day who's a food stylist and she was talking about how difficult it is it's not that easy Um, but these vintage photos of all your cakes and everything is absolutely gorgeous and it fits so well with that pop (laughs) style fashion like the old yeah. is really cute I love it yeah it took a lot of planning and working with them and kind of making sure we had the same right the same vision so there's a lot of work but so much fun <laughs> I don't think I slept that night <laughs> that's awesome um yeah. tell us about your the business name trick-or-treat mm. why why did you decide on that um I love Halloween. It's not a secret for me. Halloween is every day. Um, I always have something spooky, but I always joke around with people because when you get want candy, you say trick or treat. So I'm like, oh, you get a, the trick is that it's vegan, but you get treated. So (laughs) works really well as a name, huh? Yeah. So have you always loved Halloween? Is that your favorite holiday? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm obsessed with horror movies. I remember in junior high school, I would watch, my brother and I would be watching The Exorcist every night after coming home. I know, I was was petrified, but I would like enjoy the adrenaline from it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I don't want you to give away too much of your trade secrets, but I would really love for you to tell us how you make some of these delectable items, mm -hmm. just so we have an idea, like what kinds of changes you would make. Um, for example, you this beautiful pride cake that you made, the multicolored. Yeah. Tell us about that a little bit. Um, so for any kind of cake to get it fluffy, it's a chemical reaction. There's, um, you use baking powder, baking soda, and vinegar. Vinegar makes it nice and fluffy. Um, the way you mix it also matters. But I get a lot of my, you know, ingredients from America because I can't find them easily here. iHerb is my best friend. Um, food colors, too. You can get vegan food colorings uh, that you can add to anything. So, what? I've never even thought of that. Is it not, is there food coloring that's not vegan? Yeah, some food coloring uses like little bugs or, mm, you know, the kind of sugar that they use too isn't wholly vegan. So, so have you learned a lot like over your experimentation and trying different mm -hmm. recipes? Have you learned a lot about ingredients and some that you might be able to find in Japan as well? Hmm. Yeah, so I used to um, worry about the kind of flour that I would use. They have, you know, hard flour, soft flour, and regular all-purpose flour. But I was making the mistake of buying the wrong one in the beginning, so my cakes would come out really dense. And it's just, you know, becoming more familiar with the kanji. <laughs> Um, like flaxseed too. Um, I couldn't find flaxseed. I use that a lot as an egg substitute. And I would uh, normally buy it on iHerb, but I found that uh, the ones that they have now aren't the best. They're already ground and I don't want that. I want whole flaxseed. So you can find that easily in a lot of the food stores here. Uh, I am... Um... <laughs> have you have you used or do you use chia seeds with water uh, as an yeah. egg substitute as well? Because uh, <laughs> I found that at Costco mm. in Japan, and they sell it in a really big container. So yeah. there there must be some things that you can find here, which is nice. Getting easier, yeah. I hope. Yes, yes. Especially the soy milk here is way better than in America. I think um, in America it's really watery, so uh, it doesn't turn into, um, what do you call it, um, buttermilk. Yeah, it doesn't do that as well. But the one in Japan, it's a little fattier, I find. So it works really well in baking. Mm. Now, how do you make this beautiful buttercream type frosting? Mm. Like, how yeah. do you get that same consistency without using butter? Uh, well, uh, Costco. <laughs> Costco does have vegan butter in tubs, and uh, I'd rather use that than real butter. So, And I, you can also use coconut oil. I've used coconut oil or um, coconut cream to get the whipped cream as well. So, mm. Yeah, is that the nut Nutilex, the Australian vegan butter? Yeah. Yeah. My uh, vegan baker friend from my area kind of introduced uh -huh. that to me and we love it. We use yeah. it on toast and in mm -hmm. baking and everything. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm so happy that at least Costco has it. 
Um, and although they, I have run into some issues where they run out and I'm in desperate need of it and you don't know when it'll be restocked. So that happens in Japan with regular butter as well. Really? Yeah. People are always complaining how there isn't enough regular butter either. Yeah. There's a butter shortage. Yeah, butter shortage. Everybody loves baking, I guess. (laughs) Especially now. Uh, You know, when we first went into COVID, a lot of people stocked up on baking stuff. Oh, man, it was hard. I could not find yeast. And I really wanted to make cinnamon rolls. So I had to, you know, go searching for a big packet. (laughs) You also, in addition to cakes and cupcakes, you also make very beautiful looking donuts. Tell me about your donuts. Yeah, they're my newest obsession. Um, You know, I just remember back home, we had a donut corner. It's called Peterson's Donut Corner. And I loved their stuff. It was soft and big and like decadent. And I can't really find that here, especially vegan. The vegan donuts that we have are either really dense or just disappear. It's like you never ate a donut, so you can eat three. (laughs) So this one, I've been working really hard and trying, you know, using uh, aquafaba or uh, flaxseed, what combination works best. And I think I got it. I think so. Yeah. So it's a nice consistency, is it? Mm-hmm. A little bit denser, but not too dense. And just a little bit of nutmeg in there to give it that like that flavor. And then are you using a deep fryer? How do you get it fried? Yeah. I have a deep fryer. I know, but it it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know, I mean, what what are the benefits to eating vegan baked goods in, instead of regular baked goods? I mean, there are some some less damage you can do, maybe? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I went vegan for the animals, and um, ultimately that was my goal. Like, if you can choose a vegan cake over a real one, then that makes me so happy. But, you know, it's still as, uh, how do you say, you know, you shouldn't treat yourself too often, but treat yourself every once in a while. It's still that kind of feeling. Wonderful. Um, one of the things I came across is uh, you were, you had your cakes at an ethical vegan festival mm, in yes. Osaka. And yes. uh, Create with Carmina, Mm. Um, made a beautiful video on her YouTube channel and she ranked your cakes very highly. But, but it sounded like a great festival. She she was uh. saying she ate at 10 different places mm-hmm. and showing all this amazing food. What a great festival. Yeah, um, that's actually where Trick or Treat kind of started. Um, it's just a great place for people to be able to share their vegan food in one location and um, you meet so many wonderful people there who are also trying really hard to, you know, fight for animal rights or um, the environment. But Carmina, she's so sweet. She can, you know, uh, go to everybody and just, you know, I watched that video and it was very, 
how do you say very true <laughs> um Yeah. Of the, her video where um, she's eating your cakes with her friend mm -hmm. and her friend's like, wait, is this really vegan? Yeah. <laughs> that must make guess, you so happy, right? It does. Um, I think that's like the best part. Uh, I think half of my customers are non-vegan people and then the other half are like vegan. But that's fine. You know, there are a lot of very vegan sweets, you know, that are healthy and yes. <laughs> but then I want everyone to be able to enjoy my stuff. And a lot of the times they're like, why you can do this? And I'm like, yes, you can have something that doesn't necessarily taste vegan. And, and it seemed like a great festival in terms of sustainability. Yeah, um, yeah. They asked everybody to bring their own containers yes. and use their own utensils as well. It's really wonderful. Yeah. It's so nice to hear about festivals like that. Yeah. And then um, if you do have packaging, they, they um, would ask us to do non-plastic packaging, um, which was really, I fully supported. Yes. <laughs> a little more expensive, but... It's, okay. it's so necessary and it's so difficult mm -hmm. to leave any shop or bakery without yeah. so much plastic packaging in yeah. Japan, right? Yeah. And that, that's something that makes me, you know, I've been trying harder to do that, but for food handling safety, it's really hard to do sometimes. Um, but wherever I can use paper, I do. <laughs> Um, in the pictures, I can see that you have these beautiful glass, like display cases. Yeah. They're gorgeous. Where did you get those from? Yeah. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, you know, slowly building up my, what I need. Yeah. And what's well, nice to be able to find the right stuff that you yeah. can show what it is, but you don't have to package everything in plastic yeah. to keep mm -hmm. it like contained, right? Or yeah. germ-free. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the price point a little bit. Was it really difficult to work out like how much to charge? I think so. That's honestly been the hardest part for me because I'm not a good business person. I'm going to admit it now. Um, I want everyone to enjoy a, you know, a treat. And a lot of the times I don't charge what I should after calculating all the costs. I had to learn how to calculate all the costs later. Um, but for me, that's not really the, the point in it. You know, I'd rather you choose this than a donut that you can find for the same price that isn't vegan. So, um, I see in the picture you've got like a slice of cake would be 900 yen. Yes. Yeah. Those, uh, I kind of changed it a little bit because like I said, I want more people. So for now for a slice of cake, it's about 600 yen. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? But like, um, would you change as a from a business perspective? Okay. Um, if you go to a festival and you notice that there's a lot of other stalls and their cakes are about this much price, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're a little bit smaller, maybe yours is yeah. a little bit bigger. So are you are you thinking about well, mine is bigger, mine's high quality, mm-hmm. but maybe a closer price point is better? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, for pricing as well, a lot of people don't know what goes behind, you know, the a beautiful cake, how many hours or how, how many um, dirty dishes you have to wash, <laughs> how many hours of sleep you've lost. And as a thing, like a person that, you know, for a festival, I have to make 10 cakes and I'm only one person. So... It's a lot of hard work and yeah. yeah. How long, how long does that take you to make a cake? Mm, One cake can take anywhere from three to four hours. Um, But that includes a lot of the cooling process. You have to, as soon as you bake it, it takes maybe 20, 20 minutes to bake, but to fully cool takes maybe two hours. And then after that, you can finally frost it and finish decorating. Yeah, it is. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. I've never made. I'm looking at all your beautiful, huge cakes yeah. on display for the festival, and I'm thinking, yeah. I've I I've made one big cake, yeah. and it seems to take most of the day. So, like yeah. making five, would you need like three days, or how would you how would you time it? Um, I normally try to do it on a Sunday like a lot of the festivals are on Sunday so I'll start baking on Friday you know you start making all the things um, like cookies that you can freeze and then you can just pop them into the oven really quickly Um, frostings as well you can make ahead of time any kind of filling you can make ahead of time so that on Saturday that's all day baking which is you know mixing bake uh, putting it in the oven letting it cool and then decorating so (sighs) i had to invest into in two of into two ovens um my first festival i did 10 cakes with one oven and i could only fit one cake pan at a time and each cake was three layers or two so it was a long time, a so, long time. Tell me, tell me about your oven. So do you have a, a nice, like higher quality, bigger oven now? I guess. So the, I still have the one that I started with where it, I only fit one cake, but that has turned into my cookie cake, my cookie oven. Um, it, I find that it bakes them a little bit more even. And then I invested in a larger one that can fit up to four cake pans at a time um yes are they electric or gas i'm um, electric wow it's uh, it's, it's really hard really, to get a gas oven. it's really yeah. hard to find a decent size oven <laughs> in japan yeah um sometimes i would go into the shop looking for an oven because i i love baking not mm-hmm. not good at it like you are but i love baking and uh it was just tiny ovens like yeah. toaster ovens they had a lot yeah. of toaster ovens um but if you're looking for something for cakes or for a mm-hmm. dozen cookies at a time like in america everybody has these big ovens it comes with yeah. part of your kitchen yeah but in japan it's just a very different culture right yes and uh sometimes i'll actually uh use a friend's kitchen like the restaurant kitchen 
and they have gas ovens. And it's like a whole different ballgame. I have to relearn how to, you know, judge the temperature and the timing and everything. Um, so I'm really happy with my little conven convection ovens, but if I want to move into a bigger space, I'm hoping I can invest in a gas range oven. So, um, that I, I did invest in a gas oven years ago and I've, I've had it for more than 10 years and it works really yeah. well. And it's, it's not like huge, but I can uh -huh. fit maybe two racks two you know, dozen cookies in at a time. Yeah. Um, which it really has helped, you know, my kids yeah. have had cookies and I haven't had to spend all day on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but that was the reason I didn't change to all electric uh -huh. because I wanted to keep the oven and it was a yeah. gas oven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to send me the link or a picture of uh, it. I'm they probably don't even make it anymore. It's oh, quite an old one. Yeah, but I, I love it. And I'm so glad to have it. Um, when we were jets in Oita mm -hmm. many years ago, I remember my husband, my boyfriend at the time, he made like a vegetarian Christmas dinner and mm -hmm. he used like four of the toaster ovens. Everybody brought their toaster oven and then really? he, made, he made like a full dinner from it, yeah. but it, it wasn't fun. So I think it's yeah. much easier if you have a decent oven. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. A lot of my friends are like, oh, I really want to bake, but I don't have an oven at home. I'm like, what? How do you not have an oven? That was the first thing I bought. So. Well, that's that sounds really exciting about using your friend's restaurant oven. Yeah. Have you ever done like a pop-up bake day or bakery one day open at the restaurant? That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, one of my friends, he is does coffee. And a lot of the times we'll team up together and rent a space to have a pop-up in. That's been, um, I think that's what I'm going to be moving towards. Wonderful. That sounds yeah. like a match made in heaven. Yes. Beautiful vegan cakes and wonderful coffee together. Is there <laughs> anything better? I know, right? <laughs> now tell me a little bit about the certification process because hmm. you, you've just recently gone through that, right? Yes. Um, so I, like I said before, I was putting it off because my Japanese isn't the best and I was so nervous that they were going to have a test at the end, like a written exam. Um, but you know, I, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be like the JLPT test. I'll look at it that way. I'll take it. And if I don't pass, that's fine. At least now I know what to expect. So I go in there. And they give you a big handbook. And I'm looking through it and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't know any of this kanji. I don't know what's happening. Um, but then when the teacher was speaking, I was taking as many notes as I could. And then on my breaks, I would, you know, pop out my phone, Google Translate. What's this kanji? I get it. So at the end, they're like, okay, put your books away, put your phones away. It's time for the test. And I was like, oh my goodness. PTSD back to Japanese class and we had maybe 10 minutes to uh, finish this test which was a true false test <laughs> and this to get oh. your license to be able to yes. sell food yes oh my goodness it's like yeah. a driver's license test yeah, but it's funny because all the other people around me are, you know, Japanese 
people. And so they finished the test in like one minute. And there I am, like my heart's beating. The announcer was like, you have one more minute. And I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I'm not finished. But we went over the answers right away. So it wasn't even a big deal. But for me, I was like, wow, stressing out over it. But it wasn't even a big deal. And we went over the answers. I got a perfect score. So it was a fun experience. Oh, that's good. So yeah. it was just kind of like a knowledge confirmation mm -hmm. more than a yeah. test. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, but okay. in my head, I'm like, oh, no, they're going to have me write a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, get, I was a teacher for many years. But mm -hmm. I, I get very stressed by tests myself. Yeah. You know, I overthink it or, oh, that mm -hmm. one was too easy. So maybe it's the other answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm like, it. oh, no, I have too many truths. It can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just had two truths. So it can't be true again, right? All this, like, psychology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I'm yeah. glad you got it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I was so happy afterwards. Like, I was more happy about the fact that I got a perfect score on that test. <laughs> like, wonderful. look, I did it. So what what does it allow you to do now? What after you get the certification, what yeah. what are you able to do that you couldn't do before? Uh, well, it's just a food handling and safety license. So now um, I'm I know how to properly handle food and package it as well. Um, but you know, the funny part about that class was that it was all about meat and how it could go bad, eggs and all that stuff. So I'm sitting there watching and thinking, oh my gosh, that's so gross. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with any of this. So yeah. it really didn't have much to do with what you're doing because you're no. not handling meat. You're no. not handling dairy, mm -hmm. right? So that, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. And um, a big portion of it as well was like how to clean your workspace and all that. Were mm -hmm. there to use your home kitchen to mm -hmm. sell food out of? Was Is there any inspection of your home kitchen that needs to happen or? Yeah, there needs to be an inspection to make sure that it's sanitary enough. You know, you don't want to have your bathroom right next to it or um, you don't want to be sleeping in your living room area, you know. So I fully separated my apartment. So basically, I don't have a living room. I don't have a regular kitchen. I have my workspace. And then I have my bedroom, which has everything in it. <laughs> and yeah. so you you were telling me before, mm -hmm. uh, you're kind of transitioning right now be from yeah. the teaching and doing mm -hmm. your baking part-time, but you're hoping to become more a full-time business owner, entrepreneur, run your bakery yeah. full-time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the works to do this last year, but then I would mentioned I... Um, COVID happened, and then I also broke my leg around the same time. So a lot of big things uh, that kind of changed my life for the better, I guess. Um, so now I'm still hoping to go part-time with teaching and start baking more. 
and I found a location that will let me borrow their kitchen. So now I'll have a workspace to go to. And that's being, you know, worked on as we speak. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> ah, congratulations. That's very exciting. So, yeah, I'm really grateful that this kind of fell on, you know, was brought to me. Um, my friends also wanted to create a community space, like a community cafe. Uh, but as foreigners, it's two other women, one from the UK and one from Germany and then myself. And so um, it's a little bit harder to open up a cafe on our own. There's a lot of things that, you know, we can't do because we're not Japanese. And it's a lot of money that we would need to invest into it. So we're kind of working towards borrowing a space. And there we found some people who are so kind and generous and are willing to let us use their space and are helping us kind of renovate it to fit what our vision is because it meshes with theirs. So it's like everything kind of came together perfectly. Maybe not perfectly. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> That's wonderful to hear. I. I hope, and I sometimes hear about certain um, kind of funding for mm. women entrepreneurs in Japan. Really? And, and I really hope I hear more of this because I, mm. I think the only kind of work-life balanced women that I know of in Japan mm. are doing their own businesses. There's, yeah. there's very few, especially working mothers, there's yeah. very few who seem to have any kind of semblance of balance yeah. um, working for a company, working for someone else. So mm -hmm. I really hope there's more like uh, subsidies or support mm -hmm. from the government or from different yeah. organizations, especially for women entrepreneurs. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you've met up with other like-minded women and kind of yeah. doing it. Good for yeah. you. Uh, who knew Osaka was full of strong foreign women? <laughs> well, I think the image of Osaka is strong women in yes. general, right? Strong, yes. strong-minded. You don't mess with women from Osaka. Yeah. So maybe that that's a good place to yeah. be a female entrepreneur. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, I let's talk a little bit about your sweets again. Transition back. Uh, you have been making beautiful cinnamon rolls and sticky rolls. Yes. Can you tell us about those? Yeah. So, a funny story. Um, again, back to I spent two months in the hospital, or almost two months in the hospital. And when I was there, I kept on thinking about cinnamon rolls. That's the one thing that I love. I love cinnamon and I love how fluffy they are. And, you know, maybe I used to eat a lot of them as a kid. Who knows? Um, but I just kept on thinking about how I can get that cinnamon roll that I remember. And I would be on my bed just imagining how I could do it. And as soon as I uh, was discharged, that's the first thing that I tried to make. And um, it came out nice <laughs> you know how do you do it it looks beautiful a lot of yeast and coconut oil and soy milk but I have a stand mixer that helps me kind of knead the dough because I find that my hands uh, after all that work 
have gotten very tired. And so I wanted to uh, make it easier on myself. Uh, so one year when I went back to visit my family, I took an extra suitcase and that was my carry on <laughs> a stand mixer. Um, but yeah, it really helps kind of knead the dough. And now I found out how elastic and, you know, the consistency that I wanted, consistency that I wanted to wow. be. Awesome. Tell me, tell me about making churros. How do you make churros vegan? Yeah, churros, super easy. A lot of these uh, recipes are already vegan. Like churros, you just need water and sugar and flour and maybe some vegan butter or type of oil that you can use. And you just mix it all together and then fry it. It's basically just fried dough. Deliciousness. Wow. And you, yeah. you said that reminds you of your childhood. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, when I was little, um, so I living in San Diego, it's very close to the Mexican border, and my family's from Mexico. So uh, sometimes we would go over to Tijuana, and when we would be waiting to cross back into America, there's all these vendors there. And my favorite thing to get was those churros because they're nice and warm and chewy and moist. So, I'm, you know, I was always shocked when you see those long thick churros at like um fairs or usj i was like what's this <laughs> what is this i don't understand <laughs> uh, they look amazing do you flavor it with cinnamon as well as sugar cinnamon and sugar wow looks amazing I, i'm a big fan of cinnamon and i was very surprised to know that a lot some people here aren't a fan of cinnamon so it's a strong taste I've heard that from mint as well. Some people don't yeah. like the strong taste of mint. Yeah. I, I love mint. I love cinnamon. I love most of the strong flavors. Wasabi on cakes I have trouble with. <laughs> Ooh, have you tried wasabi on cake? That sounds interesting. <laughs> just, I, just once or twice. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. go for it again. Now, you've been making chocolates. You made peanut butter cups. Yes. Tell me about that. Super easy. Um, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to eat. I think all of these things are just the things that I'm craving. Um, I wanted to eat a peanut butter cup. So you can't find it here. Just make it easy enough. Do, do I know what I'm doing? No, <laughs> but somehow it works. <laughs> but that's the thing about, about creating things like even if there isn't a recipe, put things together, but write down what you're putting in. You know, how much peanut butter did you use? Did you put vanilla in it? How much? Salt, sugar, but how much? That's the thing that I always keep a notepad and a pen in my pocket. So in case I make any changes, um, it, I can remake it, like do it over and over again the same way. I've heard that about good bakers, that it's it's it has to be very precise. Right? Yeah. Like you were talking about, it depends on what kind of oven. It de yeah. it also depends on, for making breads or things with yeast, it depends on mm -hmm. humidity. Um, yeah. I've heard from Lee, <laughs> yeah. who's a great baker, she was saying she has to adjust her recipe depending on the season. Oh, yeah, that's something I learned the hard way. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. I, you know, I'm from California. We don't have humidity like 
Japanese summers and trying to make a cake when it's like 60% humidity outside. Oh my goodness. It was hard. It was hard. I had, I, I remember one time I had an order that I had to fill and I didn't even take into account the weather. So I made my cake and then it came out of the oven and it did not rise properly. It didn't, it was not what I normally make. And so I was like, oh no, okay, let me do it again. Did it again and the same thing. And then I was like, what's going on? It was the weather. <laughs> yeah. So I have a dehumidifier as well that I use sometimes when it's too humid. Oh, that's so interesting. Now I'm yeah. showing on screen now a cheesecake. How can you make cheesecake mm -hmm. vegan? Tell us, tell us. That's like, oh, that's one of the things that I wish I could make well. And I'm still working on that. So uh, cashews and soy milk and tofu was what I tried. But you have to be able to soak the cashews enough so that they're nice and soft. And I'm not a very patient person. So I'm really, you know, that's the thing. When I, when I get an idea in my head, I want to make it now. And... It doesn't, it doesn't have time to wait overnight. No, I need to make it now. So I kind of rushed it and the texture wasn't right. But um, if you soak them long enough, you can get a nice creamy texture. So. How interesting, working with cashews. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that, you know, I never thought about baking with them. I like munching on them just as a snack. But then, um, you know, after all that research and stuff, soaking them, getting them nice and soft, and you can get such a creamy texture from them. I had no idea. <laughs> That's really interesting because there's a vegan chocolate maker mm. in Hiroshima called mm. Ushio Chocolate. And then mm. I think Fu is their other name. They've got two branches and mm -hmm. they make all their chocolate vegan. Um, and they make a creaminess from cashews. Oh. And then I, I've also heard um, with Indian curries, yeah. to make it creamy, they often add yeah. a lot of cashews. So, yeah. yeah, it makes sense in baking. Yeah. yeah, but I wonder, like, why cashews and not, um, like, almonds or something? Is the texture, is it easier to get creamy? Just a different texture. consistency, yeah. I guess, yeah. Uh -huh. Now you were also making, besides the peanut butter cups, which look yeah. amazing, you also made something you called hot chocolate balls? Yeah. Oh, again, this is something that I wanted to try. I see all these videos on Instagram and my friends send me TikToks. Um, this was some, like even my cousins in Mexico were doing this. It's just getting a big ball of chocolate and you put hot chocolate mix inside and then you put it in your hot milk and you have instant hot chocolate. I was like, genius, genius. <laughs> I want to try. So right away I went out and I found some like spherical molds to use. Um, but yeah, it was a learning process. It's not as easy as it sounds. 
it, it looks really difficult to make yeah. that perfect round chocolate shape, like yeah. a, a bonbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> was it, was um, it good? Was it tasty? It was really good. I hope um, the ones that I made were a little bit more fragile, so shipping them was a little hard. Um, uh, but I think once I get the consistency right, how much chocolate to use on there, it'll be easier to make. But it uses a lot of chocolate. And I get mine from the internet. So, you know, vegan chocolate isn't that cheap. You, yeah. can't, you can't just use cooking chocolate. You have to get a special kind of vegan chocolate. Um, I choose to use uh, trade, you know, vegan trade free uh, chocolate. And it makes me feel better. What do you mean? Like fair trade? Yes, fair trade. There you go. Thank you. I was thinking vegan trade. I've never heard of vegan trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, fair, yeah, fair, fair trade is, is the way to go if you can get it. Um, yeah. I know Costco has semi-sweet chips, um, but it's yeah. I haven't seen fair trade cooking chocolate very much in Japan. So uh, I used to actually get those uh, chocolate chips. They had 55% um, chocolate chips, 55% dark chocolate. Um, but they discontinued them, so they no longer sell them here in Japan. They only have the semi-sweet milk chocolates, which aren't vegan. Um, and so I had to find other places that do have vegan chocolate chips. Um, and some of them here, I don't really trust them. Uh, like, if I'm not sure of it, if I'm not sure that they're 100% vegan, then I don't feel comfortable selling them as vegan good for you you're i mean it's all part of the process right yeah learning where you can resource all the key <laughs> ingredients and uh, yeah have you found any local ingredients that you like using like local citrus <laughs> or other kinds of japanese i noticed on on your cinnamon rolls you also <laughs> had like a matcha glaze yeah yeah so that's like um, I'm trying to incorporate more of that now. Um, like Sakura season, I made Sakura donuts, um, yuzu as well. You know, yuzu, when that's into season, I like to use that. Or kaki, pers persimmons. Um, those are some of my favorite things to use in my personal cooking. But uh, matcha, so I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm not a big fan of matcha. I didn't grow up eating it, and it, for me, it's a little too bitter. And so when I make something, I'm like, is this what it's supposed to taste like? I'm not sure. I can't. I don't know if I like the flavor of it, so I don't know if other people will like the flavor of it. Yeah. But you found a consistency that you kind of like yeah. of the glaze? Did it yes. work well? Nice. Yes. It looks yeah. really pretty. What a beautiful color. Yeah. And they, they, everybody loved it. I tried it too and I liked it. So that's why I was like, okay, <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> that's good. And you were yeah. also making ice cream. How difficult yeah. is it to make your own vegan ice cream? Very. Um, a lot of the vegan ice cream that I've tasted here isn't as creamy as I know it can be. Um, you know, when I go visit my family back home, 
uh, you go to the grocery aisle and it's just rows and rows of vegan ice cream and it's creamy and delicious. But I haven't been able to find that here except for like specialty shops. Um, so I wanted to try to make my own and it took a lot of coconut cream and uh, flavorings to get it to a good consistency. And one time I forgot to add a thickener and it was a, it was a fun experience. Uh, I use Kanten, which oh, is like okay. agar agar. Yeah. Yeah, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And it did not go well. So it just becomes like a rock, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've done that. And I've, I've made it. ice blocks uh, yeah. in the pursuit of vegan ice cream. I've made ice yeah. blocks that mm -hmm. nobody could eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yours in the things. picture looks really good. Yeah. Yes. So I... The few times that I do make it, because I only have a small ice cream maker, so I, I can only make small batches. And a lot of the times I end up eating it myself and don't take a picture. <laughs> uh, it's I've gotten the creamy consistency. Uh, it's just getting the getting it to last a little bit longer so that it doesn't melt into a puddle too quickly. Yeah. Really good. You did a Thank good job. You. I can't wait to taste it someday. Um, yeah. Pop-Tarts. Pop yes. How did you make Pop-Tarts? Uh, really easy. Um, Pop-Tart, it's basically what? Like dough and then filling on the inside. So uh, the dough actually is just oil, flour, a little bit of salt, finish, some water, and then you're done. Um, but you have to make sure to freeze it. That's the thing. It'll be. It won't be as like thick as if you use butter, uh, but there's ways. <laughs> yeah, but that's like one of the things that I miss the most. You know, you pop a pop tart into your toaster, and you have that for breakfast. You know, your nice healthy breakfast. Looks <laughs> great. Yeah. So, did you make like a big sheet of mm -hmm. like a cookie on the bottom? And mm -hmm. then you put like a jam center and then a cookie on the top and then you yes. seal it. Yes. And then cut it or you just make pockets. Uh, yeah, I just make little pockets and then I cut it for the picture so that you can see the inside. But I had a lot of fun making the filling for it and like being able to change the filling. Um, pumpkin spice is one of my favorite things to eat. And so I was like, hey, why not make a pumpkin spice pop tart? Why not? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if you have like a basic recipe for it, you can just change it to fit whatever you're craving that day. I love it. Great. Great thinking. I would have never thought that it was possible to make yeah. Pop-Tarts and to make vegan Pop-Tarts. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's why a lot of my neighbors are happy. Um, a lot of my friends live around me and I'm like, Hey, I made pop tarts today. Cause I wanted to try a recipe. You want some? And they're like, yes. <laughs> That's great. So we have about five more minutes. What, what is on the horizon for you? What are you hoping to do? Um, post COVID or moving yeah. forward? What, what are your hopes and dreams for this year or the future? I, I really just want to be more accessible to more people. 
Because right now I'm in Osaka and it's a small, like Osaka is big, but where I can distribute to is actually pretty small. So hopefully in the future I can reach more areas and more um, cafes too. I think that's been something that I've been really wanting to do, which is if possible, I want to supply more cafes to have at least one vegan option, one good vegan option, because uh, I find that some places make vegan options, but they're not always the best. <laughs> and it, I'm grateful, I'm very grateful, but then I also want um, people to know that it can be good and it can taste like a regular cake. It can taste like a regular cookie. So I'm working hard towards that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great goal, I think, because it's it's like we were saying earlier, when people eat your cakes and they mm -hmm. say, no way, is this vegan? Yeah. Like how? Yeah. And and but that's what you want as yeah. as a vegan. That's that's the the heaven that you're searching for. Yeah, uh, you want something that reminds you of your childhood, but it's in line with your ethics. It's in line <laughs> with how you want to live your life. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And I, I hear you. Right. When you go to like a vegan restaurant or a vegetarian restaurant, they very rarely have desserts mm -hmm. that are just yeah. like to die for. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's happened to me a lot. You know, I have a sweet tooth. It's not a it's not a secret. <laughs> and so I go and I have the dessert and I'm like, oh, you know, it's a, when you choose to have dessert, you want something that's going to comfort you and make you happy and, you know, eat. You don't have dessert every day. And when that doesn't fulfill the, the want that you have, you leave feeling like a little, a little empty. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've had quite a few uh, fancy dinners mm -hmm. over my years, like as an office party or something, and you pay yeah. like 6,000 yen or 10,000 yen, and you have this beautiful course meal, and they're fine with me getting a vegan course or vegetarian mm -hmm. course, but usually yeah. at the end, everybody else gets this gorgeous cake, gorgeous dessert. Yeah. And then they'll give me fruit, which yeah. I like fruit, but it's not quite the same level. You know, it's like when you are a vegan and they give you a salad and everybody else gets a big <laughs> slice of meat or, a, you yeah. know, a big fish. It's not yeah. quite the same somehow, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm here to teach you. There are ways. There are options. Yeah. So please. Teach, yeah. teach, yeah. <laughs> and supply. You know, yeah. if, if you can collaborate with some local restaurants and bakeries mm -hmm. and you can even start just offering yours in their restaurant or in their bakery, yeah. I think that would be a yeah. great way forward, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm moving towards that, but I haven't had the time for it. As a full-time teacher, it's really hard uh, to kind of keep a consistent baking schedule. Uh, and even though I wanted to do it for a long time, my job just didn't allow me the flexibility to do that. But that's changing from April. So hopefully you'll see more of my sweets out there.
That's very exciting. Yeah. That's only two months away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I know. It's so scary. <laughs> it's a new exciting step. Uh, Marion yeah. has joined from YouTube. Thanks, Marion. She says everything looks scrumptious. Oh, thank yeah, you. It really does. <laughs> And uh, when we were doing PR for today's talk, a few people online were saying they have eaten your cakes and they're so amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so only, but that's only mm -hmm. for lucky people in Osaka right now, but hopefully yeah. in other areas sometime soon, right? Yes, I hope so. A lot of people eat with their eyes first. <laughs> that's and so I feel true, like right? Yeah. I studied photography back in the day. I wanted to be a photojournalist. And now I'm like, hey, I get to use my photography skills for something. <laughs> yeah, a mixture of both things I love. It's very important. It has to look good for people mm -hmm. to even want to try it, right? Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining today and good luck with your new venture. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Thank you everybody for joining today and uh, for your comments. Uh, next week we have uh, four days of great talks coming up, including on March 4th from 12 o'clock in midday until 3.33. I will be challenging to summarize the series so far in the 200th episode. So I'm very excited. I can't believe it's been 200. So I'm so grateful to everybody who joins like you. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank I can't wait. Thank you. Can't, can't believe it. And it's right around my birthday time. So it's great celebration. <laughs> if you need a cake, you know who to call. <laughs> I, I will. Do you deliver to Hiroshima? <laughs> Brownies, maybe. Oh, I'll put in an order. Too sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Rosie. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. And a big thank you to Hiko Simon via SoundCloud for the royalty-free background music that I use in all of my Seeking Sustainability Live talk shows for the background music. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Have a great day. Take care.